This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. All right, Dynasty Podcast live from Dynasty Studios in Pilsen, Haima Black, and I am here with Scent Rock. How are you so, doing, man? What's going on? Man, I'm doing good. Feeling they, good. Thank you for coming up. Thank you for inviting me. It's been, it's been a while. We've been trying to work it out for a while, but we have. And you know, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but it's true. There, you know, I've done this a long time, and I have a list in my head of people who, for whatever reason, timing, mm-hmm. scheduling, whatever, have not been on the podcast yet. Yeah. And your name has been on that list in my head, and it's always been like, I see your work. Yeah. I respect your work. I think it's really cool, and I've always been like, man, at some point. I would love to have Scent Rock on the podcast. So tonight's the night. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's likewise, man. I've been following you for a while and glad it's finally happening. Absolutely. Uh, how are you doing tonight, man? It's, uh, it's still summer, you know, it's Lollapalooza weekend. How's life? Life is good, man. Life is good. Out here uh, taking a break from Lollapalooza. Yeah. Taking the opportunity to stay low key. Uh, yeah. Kind of, you know, rest and recharge for the week. I didn't do Lala this year, man. It's like, I think it's a young man's game. It's yeah, I, I agree. I wanted to do it and uh, had the opportunity to go, but same thing. I, I took the opportunity to, to sit back, even from... Uh, <laughs> and it is an opportunity when you get to, like, relax. Yeah, it's weird to say that. Like, let me right. take this opportunity to not go out and enjoy myself. Like, <laughs> But, yeah, like you said, I think it's just our age showing. <sighs> I'm, I'm with you, man. <laughs> well, you know, on this podcast, when we have someone on for the first time, we always kind of start with the origin story. Like, mm-hmm. how did your creative career begin? How did you discover art? How did this start happening for you? Uh, well, that, that goes back to, you know, me as a youngster, me as a kid, probably uh, maybe, I don't even know, first, second grade, third grade, a guest artist came to my school and just introduced me to making murals and making art. And uh, we did a mural, which is still up at my elementary school to this day, up in West Phoenix, which I was born and raised. And from there, I just, I got hooked to art. And then from there, I got into graffiti when I was about 14. And uh, that's where I'm at now. And the graffiti was that in Phoenix or Phoenix? When you, yeah. Okay. I when, didn't. I didn't move out here till about eight years ago. Okay. I was already like 24, 25. Gotcha. And so you know, when you you have this early imprint at an early age that mm-hmm. art's something that exists and suddenly it captivates you, and then you know, when you're 14, when you're starting out with graffiti, like how does that happen? Like how are you like, hey, okay, I want to start this. I want to try really putting this out there in a way that, you know, it's not just in a sketchbook, but like graffiti, like is, it's a public forum. Right. Well, I I caught that bug as a kid wanting to create and use that as my voice. Me and my friends would see his older brother doing it or just seeing it around and we jumped right into it. Started off as kids, not even sketchbooks. We just started off tagging our names with Sharpie pencils on school buses and Mm -hmm. you know what kids do. Right, right. And uh, then, you know, graduated to spray cans and sneaking out at night and jumping on buildings and, you know, all that fun stuff. And then eventually getting into the art side of it, getting into the characters, getting into the murals, the, the color patterns, you know, all of that comes later. But, you know, I got into it just for the, the thrill of it, the love of being able to express yourself as a as a young kid, I think that's what really intrigued me. No, absolutely. And, you know, at what point, you know, when you go from, you know, yeah, like tagging buildings, putting your name out there, like when does that 
identity and that brand, I don't want to use the word brand, but like, you know, your distinct style, when does that kind of start to develop and present itself? Oh, that's a good question. I think just seeing people that you love that inspire you, seeing those people and then like, all right, how can I take what they're doing and make it my own? So like I tell people all the time, like Chris Silva from out here Mm -hmm. is a great inspiration to me as a kid, even though I, I grew up in Phoenix something like that or you take the west coast guys like saber and revoke you know those guys looking up to them and then taking it and flipping it and making my own i think i think that's how you kind of find your own identity or if you're meeting up with all the homies everybody in the crew we're like all right we're meeting up we're gonna go paint you want you want to stand out you want to be like all right i'm adding this sure all you guys are killing it with the letters i'm gonna add a little character into my e or i'm gonna you know try to switch it up because you want to stand out, but you also want to be a team player and you want to add into like, all right, whatever they're lacking, I want to be able to add to that. I mean, it's kind of the rap battle mentality of just like you need to show up and surpass everybody else's A game. Yeah, exactly. Like if Schoolboy Q was exactly like K-Dot, <laughs> you know, right. it's like, all right, you're going to get lost in the shadows. Sure. If you look at Black Hippie with my favorite groups, they all sound different. They all had different concepts. They all have different content, which I think would make them so great as individuals and as a group. So, you know, when does this start to transition and how does it transition from, you know, you discover the art, you get, you know, the spray cans and you're starting to develop characters. When does this start to present itself as a career or when did you start thinking like, oh, my God, actually, this could be something. It's not just me sneaking out. But what if I did this with my life? To be honest, bro, I, I just kind of been doing this for so long, and I'm like, all right. Well, what really sparked it is me working as a janitor, me working all these super, you know, I don't I hate to use the word bummy, but just these, like, jobs that were just so trash, um, you know, working at Panda Express and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Me being invited to be a part of art shows, and I'm not making much money off of it, but I'm just saying, you know what? I can make some money selling my art or doing little side projects so let me see if i could just focus on doing that because i really hate working at you know these really jobs that really they they don't care about you those jobs so you just want to be able to do what you love and i think that's kind of what really pushed me into it but also what pushed me into doing stuff like canvas work or taking it into a more i guess professional polished level was my mom really just pushing me like me getting in trouble and her just saying, if you're going to get in trouble all the time and you love doing this, you might as well take it to like that next level. I mean, there's something smart. There's such a fine line between being like on the quote unquote criminal side of it and suddenly like charging the high society kind of world that in theory would arrest other people who aren't on that side of it, you know? Yeah. I'm, yeah. That's, that's still kind of like intrigues me to this day, but you know, it, it I don't know. It's, yeah. It works. Um, so, you know, talk about the reality of being a career artist, because I think, you know, maybe people are like, oh, I sketched in middle school or like, oh, you know, I tried a little bit of art here and there. But it's like mm-hmm. you've really made this your identity, your community right. and your career. Yeah. How does that feel and how does that work? What's the actual reality of being an artist as a job? Uh, if I take a step back and be able to you know, give it that bird's eye view, then it, it's amazing from where I've come from and where I've like gotten myself to this particular level, whatever it may be. I just think it, it's amazing to where, yeah, me starting off as a kid, tagging to where it can take you to pay my bills, have a, another separate studio, be able to travel all the time, be able to inspire people. 
that all that you know is the amazing part and then you get the other side of it the business side where you where you're trying to figure out like all right what's the next move or how do i continue to i guess just you know stay on the projection that you are and keep your momentum going and how to grow and even even things like how do i all right how do i file taxes this year or how do i invest i got a little bit of money in this summer but i know winters are usually slower how do i sure plan all that you know then you get into all that but you know if we're talking about the fun side of just enjoying art and traveling it's it's been amazing and even just the professional side it's, it's been good man well, and it's interesting, and I, I bring this up a lot on this podcast, but I teach this freelancing class over at Columbia College, and uh-huh. everything you're talking about, the, you know, sending the invoices right. and, and budgeting and all these things that artists contracts. are not... Contracts. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Artists are not really... They don't want to know that stuff, and they're not built for that kind of world, uh, at least not out of the box. They're right. great at photography or painting or whatever it is. Right. Was this something you had to learn on your own? Were you able to draw on any previous experience, or was it all just trial and error, like in the kind of building of this as a business? Uh, I would definitely say a lot more trial and error than me learning and then moving forward in that education. It was more me having to like, hey, you got to file taxes here. Oh, how do I do that? As a, as a, you know as a self-employed person mm-hmm. or how do I mark that I use, you know, A, B, and C or A, um, we want you to send us an invoice of what you would do or give us a quote sure. or how much would you charge for this? And, you know, you get pushed into it and you got to figure it out. And some people, some artists, they don't do a good job of figuring it out and some really knock it out of the park. Um, but it's sink or swim. If you give them a oh, quote that's sure. way too low, for sure, you're just shooting yourself in the foot and they're going to be like... All right. Well, if it's five hundred dollars for the month, I guess we can do that. And all your peers are getting five thousand or whatever. It's yeah. like no, that's had, the worst feeling. I've had people that were fans of my work early on that worked for ad agencies or marketing agencies. A job would come my way, and they're like, "Yo, how much would it be for this?" And I'd be like, "Oh, you want to pay me just to paint that? I don't know. Give me two hundred bucks." And they're like, "They're like, all right, we'll get back to you." A week later, someone from that team is like, "Yo, just to let you know, we're going with somebody else, and we're paying them." you know, three to 5,000 for that particular job. Um, and we didn't go with you because we feel like we don't want to work with somebody who's at a lower professional level or values them their sure. art at that level. You can almost underquote yourself. It's, yeah, I've it's done real. that plenty of times. Yeah. Now I'm at the point where I overquote myself, but I'd rather, you know... You'd rather lose the job for that exactly. than for the other. Absolutely, exactly. man. I, I totally hear you. Um, you know, and I think we kind of glossed over this part. What brought you to Chicago? Uh, you mentioned that you kind of landed here about eight years ago or so. Like, mm-hmm. what brought you here from Phoenix? Uh, long story short, I, I uh, enrolled at Columbia College. There you go. Yeah. Um, the long story basically is I had some friends that lived out here that kind of, you know, were looking out for me and like, hey, we have a place over here. If you want to get away from Phoenix for a little bit, uh, come out here and, you know, check things out. And I came out here and I fell in love with the, the city and I wound up staying out here, um, you know, growing up in Phoenix. It's, uh, it's an interesting place. You know, you're right on a border state, mm-hmm. um, and that comes with its own good and bad. But, uh, you know, I, grew, I was bred and fed in Phoenix, Arizona, and that's still home. But uh, being out here definitely changed a lot for me. When you landed in Chicago, did it feel like this was a space where you could develop a creative career? Did it feel like the creative culture here was as developed as it is now? Or what, what did that feel like at that time? 
No, as soon as you land in, you you know, first neighborhood I went through was here. I was in Pilsen driving yeah. through. I went up to Logan Square. I seen all the art. Uh, first thing I did is hit up Chris Silva. I was like, yo, can I check out your studio? He showed me his studio. You know, Chicago has galleries that are open, you know, throughout the week that are having dope shows on the weekends all the time. And, and that's something that I didn't grow up really seeing. And that's where I just, you know, fell in love with it. And just seeing all the murals, seeing all the culture. I just knew, like, all right, I didn't really have a game plan. I just know I just wanted to be here. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of checking out these neighborhoods, you have a studio space in Pilsen mm-hmm. that you opened up, uh, what, maybe a couple months ago? A few months ago, yeah. 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 Um, talk about that. What's this, you know, we talked about this briefly before the mic was on, but what is the function of the space and, and what does it provide for you? Yeah, the main function of the space is, uh, is a workspace. It's for me to create canvas to be able to create you know paintings whatever it is i, I want to create i have a, a space for it and then on the other side of that is now i have this platform that i can open up and host shows if i wanted to i can open up and host workshops i have student interns come in here and there and let them work on stuff or they help me on stuff and i'm able to pay them uh, i can bring collectors in i can you know now i just it's just about us creatives having more platforms that we can do with what we want yeah as opposed to relying on other platforms i mean i i agree i think if you have a physical space and then you have your own social channels and you're in charge of your own brand it's like there's a lot fewer people you have to ask permission from yeah exactly yeah exactly um so on my end you know we hadn't really we don't know each other we hadn't met before this interview or maybe we've seen each other out and around, but it's like we've never had a, a formal right. sit down. And so on my end, as somebody who, you know, notices what's happening in Chicago, it felt to me like, you know, you and Hebrew, Ali Six, you know, JC Rivera, it feels mm-hmm. like a lot of you guys, all of a sudden, which is not to say your careers were overnight, but all of a sudden it felt like all of your work was showing up kind of around the same time. Do you think more people notice that because of like social media or what do you attribute that to where at least in my opinion, it really felt like all of a sudden there was this kind of like very prominent street art movement right. where you saw the same characters. You saw the bear champ, you saw the, the, you know, bird mask, you, you know, you saw, you Hebrew, saw you right. Saw, yeah. You saw Flyboy, you saw Richie, all these people raccoon. and things. Exactly. And they were everywhere kind of seemingly sort of overnight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, mine might have been overnight because, you know, as soon as I moved here, I moved here hungry and just wanted to be a part of the culture. But, you know, when I moved here, Hebrew was was doing his thing. He was full swing, full steam ahead, just creating and having dope shows. He just had the show at uh, the Cultural Center downtown. Right. And then, uh, yeah, seeing other artists, it was like just a movement of everyone just creating. And I think what did help kind of that boom was, you know, galleries opening up and social media, Instagram, people hashtagging certain things or people starting to share your work. It's like I could look up and I see all these people sharing my work or that are just documenting graffiti and street art. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave me like, it, it, it automatically plugged me into that larger dialogue of what was happening in Chicago. So I think both of those factors of, yeah, just the galleries opening spaces for street artists and social media creating this community. And you've done work with those guys, a lot of those guys in the city, right? Like, I, I always feel like I see murals where, you know, some of the characters are, for lack of a better word, interacting or painted within the same kind of, like, larger space, it feels like. Yeah, you know, a lot of us, 
a lot of us, we just like to create. And if there's opportunities that open up for me to work with somebody else, of course, I'm going to find ways that we can continue to work and collaborate. Like right now, my focus is, all right, how do I bring up the younger, the younger ones mm-hmm. that are young and hungry too and open up opportunities for them to, for them to create? Sure. I mean, because at this point, you're right. Like, people know your work. People know Alley 6. People know Hebrew, you know, mm-hmm. JC. But it's like, no doubt there's an entire next generation of talent that looks up to you guys probably as, like, kind of the accomplished elder statesman. Yeah. You know? And, you know, we someone like me, I have to put aside my ego or put aside my insecurities and, and know, like, all right, there are kids that look up to me the way I looked up to certain artists. Right. And if I see that artist doing certain things out of his ego or insecurity, it takes that that uh, wanting to grow and, and work with and build to this community. So I have to put all that aside and be able to want to work with whoever I can. And, and that's a di- there's a difference between wanting to work with the younger generation and wanting to, like, little bro or son the next generation. Right. And I got to be careful of that. But I know that I think that is the focus right now is, all right, how do we allow the next wave to do their thing and we continue to grow together as a community and and build the economy here? Yeah, I mean, I think that's been a big focus of Chicago. I would say, honestly, at least the last decade is really like building not the talent's always been here. I mean, you go back decades, Chicago's had all sorts of creative talent, but like now building that ecosystem where the talent can stay here. I think that's been the talent levels ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, like, and I say this on this podcast a lot, like you look back at decades of Chicago talent, just in music, there was the industrial and house Mm -hmm. wave in the eighties. There was the alt rock stuff in the nineties. There was the pop punk Kanye fall up, you know, and on and on and on. Like, and that's just music. That's not counting second city. That's not counting any of this stuff. So we've never been lacking for talent, but so much of the talent then leaves to New York and LA. And it feels like, you know, certainly people still go there, but there's a good chunk of talent that stays here now, which is really exciting. It's uh, Chicago, in my opinion. I, you know, I've traveled a lot, and I've been to a lot. I've been to the L.A.s, the New Yorks, Miamis. Chicago is right up there. You know, it's hard to compete with the coast, but, you know, you got L.A., New York, and then right there is Chicago. It's the third biggest market for creatives, in my opinion, um, and there's so much opportunity. So much brands are here. So much, you know, like you said, the economy is here to be able to pay artists that can do it full-time, that can create full-time me having my own uh, platform, then I can start to hire younger interns or I can bring in sponsorships and continue to just add money into it, you know? Well, and I think it'd be much harder, at least I'll speak for myself, I could not have a podcast studio even just like this room, right? I could not have this in New York or L.A. Yeah. I couldn't afford this there. But Chicago, I think... You might, but your bed would be right here. Right, well, my bed yeah, would also be It would all be, be here. right here, yeah. We'd be doing the podcast on my bed. Exactly. Yeah, yep. be slumber party. Exactly. Um, <laughs> now, uh, something else that you just took part in was ComplexCon, which was just mm-hmm. very recently in the city. Uh, what was that experience like for you being at the first ComplexCon in Chicago? It was legendary. I think it's going to continue to grow, and that's just a testament to where Chicago's at with creatives. Uh, I went to Long Beach the previous year, and I seen everything, and you know everything was super, super raw. And then when they came out here and they approached me about doing something, yeah, it's just, it's just a good feeling. I, it felt very Chicago. From when I went to Long Beach, it felt cool, it felt dope, but something about it being here felt very Chicago, and just... It just felt way more authentic to the creatives and to the brands and to the designers, in my opinion, than than other places. And for me to have my booth and be able to have people to come by 
And the people that resonate with my work, it's because they need it at that moment. Like, my mm-hmm. work is not very, just because it's cool or it's hype or anything, my work is very, like, speaking to the culture, speaking to a certain person that needs it. Like, my whole thing, my whole theme was they tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds. Right. And the people that, you could, you knew the, the people that stopped by my booth, gave it a quick glance, it went right over the head, which is fine. Then you seen the people stop, they're like, Yo, like, I feel this. I, I get it. Taking pictures with it, uh, you know, buying the merch, buying the figures I dropped. And to me, that that's more important than, uh, necess- you know, trying to reach everyone. I'd rather reach the people who, who relate to it. Because, right. you know, there's a ton of dope artists there. And we all added our, our individual touch to it, which made it even more better. No, and I mean, uh, on my end, when I see your work, I see a lot of themes of, like, family community and like you said like a lot of the flower and growth imagery yeah. feels like there's a lot of instances of you know characters or people in your art hugging it just feels like there's a lot of you're right like I think emotion and story there yeah. versus just being like here's a cool tag which nothing wrong with that but right, right. it definitely feels like there is a very personal message in your art yeah it, that that's just where I get my confidence from you know community family um and that's what what motivates me to continue to work and put out the work I do so I can't I can't get too far away from it without feeling like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do you know I got to be authentic to what I feel like saying what I feel needs to be said um you know if it relates to family or if it relates to cultural struggles that's stuff that I feel every day you know I'm a real person that I still got family that deals with a lot of stuff. I still got, I go home, I go out in the streets, wherever I'm at, I deal with the same stuff as everybody else does. Sure. So I'm like, I'm going to put that on my art because there is somebody who's going to need it or relate to it. Like I get messages all the time that are like, man, like that piece or that mural, I pass by on the bus every day and it's a literal lifesaver. It motivates me every day. And that's, that's, a, that's the reason I do it really. Um, whether my career takes off or not, I'm going to always create work for people to be inspired. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, it was literally one of the questions here, and I feel like we're answering it right now, was just going to be like, hey, what are some examples of people connecting with your mm-hmm. work or communities connecting with your work? And I watched your Instagram highlight of you visiting an art class, and those students, like, I think they were middle schoolers maybe? Yeah. They look so excited to, like, have an artist at your level in there teaching them. But, yeah, I have to think that people really connect and, and you know, come away with something from your work. Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, you know, uh, someone came to my school when I was young and exposed me to that. I didn't have no artists, no creatives, or at least no public creatives in my family. So when somebody did show me work and exposed me to that, it's empowering. And I think that's what, for sure right now, you know, like the younger black and brown kids, uh, kids of color, that's what they need. They need to see, like, you, you can do it too. Like, this is not not for you, you know? They need to see someone who looks, I mean, this, and I'm not trying to like discount with this example, but it's like the recent Spider-Man animated movie with the black and Latino Spider-Man. That was amazing, like, yeah. That's a generation of kids who are going to grow up thinking like, and you know, being right, that like Spider-Man could be black, yeah. Spider-Man could look like me. Yeah. Now Spider-Man's fictional, so I'm not trying to like, you, you know what I mean? But, yeah, but just that over... message is, I think, really powerful. Yeah, representation matters. And you know, at the end of the day, it's not that hard to, to just have everybody at the table. No, absolutely. Now, you know, something that I, I think is a trademark of your work is the bird mask. You mm-hmm. know, the character's wearing this bird mask. Yeah. It's very visible. When did that come together, and, and what does that mean for you, or when did you start to kind of develop that idea? That uh, I started 
adding that into a lot of my graffiti pieces, like I used to just write S E N T, just letters, and then either in the E I would draw like a bird head, or on the side of the letters I would draw birds, and then uh, or I would just paint birds. And then after a while, I started uh, adding adding like just a just it was like a cartoon character of like a bird head and a regular body, mm-hmm. and people thought it was like this bird character. And you know I never really overthink it. I work very spontaneous. But I was like, you know what? I want people to know that there's humanity behind this. And what it was is I wanted to show people that they can put on that bird mask and be free. And the reason that really motivated me to do it, because I had a lot of family um, that in and out of prison, like my pops, you know, he missed uh, a lot of my high school years. He missed a lot of my 20s from being in prison. But what I did was I would paint pictures or I write them letters or I'll do murals, take a picture send it to him, like, yo, you know, keep your head up, you know, stay free. That's why I rely on myself, stay fly, stay free. Yeah. It, was, it started off for him, but it was also for me, um, for me to not fall into certain paths and stay free. And then, uh, then it just became something, a message that, you know, a lot of kids resonate with. A lot of people can resonate with that stay fly, stay free. Um, and you see in a lot of my work, it's like this character that is aspiring for more or wanting to, to see more. And that's where a lot of it came from, just the environment that I grew up. Uh, you know, every one of my family members, from my mom to my pops, knows what it's like to be behind uh, bars. Um, I think most people, you know, most mm-hmm. brown kids that came from, you know, we know what that's like. We know what that feeling is to have handcuffs behind you and treated like, you know, like you're, you're trash to, to, to society sometimes. So that's why I always wanted to put these images of empowerment and the bird mask. Yeah, no, man. I mean, I think that's really that's very powerful. What advice would you give? You know, I mean, we're we're kind of again circling these themes, but yeah. like, what advice would you give for any any younger talent, any kids, anybody who's looking at what you've accomplished and what you've yeah. done? You know, who wants to start out now in 2019 as an artist or as a creative? Uh, advice. It's all subjective, you know. But I think what I would say is something that I'll tell myself ten years ago. I wish I could, you know, knock it into my head. Like, whatever you say, whatever you're doing, your perspective is extremely powerful. Because I I felt like when I was younger that I had, like, oh, this isn't dope. Like, I'm painting this. Oh, that's weird. Let me switch it up. Or I can't be too too Mexican in my work. Or I can't be too this. Like, there was a lot of, like... um, a lot of like, I don't know what it was. Like now when you have conversation, people call it code switching. And I think I did that in a lot of my like interactions with all oh, the art scene. I had to do it this way. I don't know where that came from, but uh, I would just tell like a younger kids like, yo, your story matters. Whatever that is, learn how to express that as authentic and powerful as possible because that's what's going to matter. And then, you know, everything is going to come. You know, you're going to have the trial and errors or sign up for a class, learn certain things. But, you know, as long as you share your authentic story and your perspective, that's going to that's gonna take you where you need to be. No, I mean, I think that's beautifully said. It's like, you're right, we need more people to be the truest version of themselves because exactly. we don't need anybody to be... We don't need 10 more of anybody else. Right. We need unique voices, you know. You look at music, movies, culture, anything... The stuff that breaks through is when something totally out of left field comes mm-hmm. out and you're like, I would have never expected this. This blows my mind. And it's like, I mean, you look at like the, it's just one of a million examples, but when Chance the Rapper broke through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was just 
there was nothing like that in Chicago at yeah. the time, you know? So you're and right. Like, what if he would have been like, oh, let me sound different. Let me, let me sound just like Kanye. Right. Yeah, exactly. Let me, let me, let me uh, sound more like Drill. But, you know, his voice right. was unique, his approach, and his story, you know, even from 10 Day, that story is just a it lot resonated. of people. Yeah, and, and it changed the game. Absolutely, man. Um, so for you, you know, you've accomplished so much already, but what are some goals or milestones that you still have ahead of you that you're working towards? Uh, my biggest goal right now is uh, going international. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've done a lot nationally. I've, I've been a lot of places in, in the States, but my next goal is international. I just got my passport last year, which is something that I think, you know, it sounds simple, but it was a big milestone for me. So now no, that I have it, deal. now it's like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm ready to take over the world uh, in, in a way. Or I just want to visit. I want to spread my message. I want to share the, my stories. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know what that looks like, but that's my biggest goal right now is starting to go international. And then, uh, but, you know, I got a lot of cool stuff popping up here. Yeah, what, that's what's next goal. for you? Next is, uh, well, there's a lot, a lot of possibles, like a lot of possible, maybe I might do Complex Con Long Beach, that's mm-hmm. still in the works, a lot more uh, like street art mural fest that I'm doing, I'll be doing one in Kansas City next month, and after that in Memphis with Birdcap and Lilypore, and then I'll be doing in Michigan, and then, you know, then it just starts that wave of traveling, and, but really, if I'm being honest, what I really want to do is lock myself in the studio and just create a body of work because I think as artists that's the most important thing man that that's what defines great artists is that focus of being able to just sit there and create and create and create and that's the legacy yeah you know like I think I sometimes I think of older artists like Picasso like what if Picasso had social media <laughs> or Van Gogh had me social media yeah like they probably would never get any work done you know you have to wonder too like is the next Pink Floyd or the next Van Gogh or the next you know whoever right yeah. any Beyonce any great talent are they just sit, sitting there glued to TikTok or Instagram and not working yeah. on you know what I mean the next the wall yeah or whatever right you know some younger artists that don't have that social media following they might not be as engaging with all their stuff so they're able to detach and be in the room and create and draw and go out to the streets and say whatever because they don't have that much eyes looking at them so that's the most purest like expression and just being able to hold on to that that's why you know all these like uh artists when they come out with their their freshman albums they're the best because they didn't have everything pulling at them and being able to get back to that is i think especially in today's today's society like that's a huge huge goal man Man, it's it's got to be wild to be like 15 right now. I yeah. personally like. I'm sure it's got amazing advantages, and like you're plugged into the whole world on your phone. Yeah. But I'm really glad I grew up kind of finding my creative identity and trying things out without a smartphone. You Bro, know what I mean? exactly, like, man. Yeah, I mean, and I had MySpace was around for a little bit. Sure. So that kind of affected a little bit, but but I you weren't still, connected through your phone yeah, when MySpace was. You yeah, know, I'd yeah. have to go and upload them, and you right. know, and I could still find some of those old photos. Which is cool because I could look back at myself and be like, wow, I was really trash and I thought I was dope. <laughs> but I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad I had the moments that I had to be able to take all that in. Yeah, man. Um, this is great, uh, Scent Rock. I'm so glad we got to do this. And I, if I could say something, man, I would say, like, I hope when you are out, you know, doing the work nationally, doing the work internationally, not only showing your art, but man, I hope you share your story because everything you said tonight is so, I think, inspiring and personal and i i guarantee that there are kids who 
when they hear what you have to say, when they hear about your kind of your family motivation and just the heart that goes into your art, that's going to make a difference to people, man. So man, I'm really glad we got this out here. I really appreciate here. that. Thank you. Yeah, man. this was great. Um, what's the website? You know, how can people find all your stuff? I mean, I, th- I think it's pretty obvious, but, you know, plug the sites. Yeah, you know, social medias are all at Centrock, S-E-N-T-R-O-C-K. Uh, my, my studio is right here on uh, 18th and Hoyne. You ever see me working, don't hesitate to pull up. I got some uh, some stuff in the works out of my studio coming up. And then, uh, yeah, the website, scentrock.com. Always got new merch and new stuff coming out. Everything I've dropped recently has sold out within a, a day or two days, which is cool. But, you know, still leaves people wanting more, and I'll definitely drop some more stuff coming soon. I love it, man. And I have to say, too, I, I forgot to mention before we started the interview a couple hours ago, I was driving around like, you know, West Pilsen. I was like doing some photography stuff just uh-huh. just to kill an hour for fun. And I was at 21st and Damon and I turned to the left. I'm at the intersection and I see the bird mask in yeah. one of the alleys. And okay, I was like, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It just felt like a cool sign to see that before I went to interview, man. That's cool, um, man. But thank you so much for taking the time. Scentrock.com, at Scentrock on all social. And, uh, man, this was great. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.